You will fail. So what? Everybody does. But your gym, your watch, your yoga pants, they pretend you won't. So when you miss a day, eat the pancakes. Give up on a workout? You failed? Seriously, what the hell? We're body. We've been a part of that too, but not anymore. At body, we're rejecting perfection and embracing reality. Not in a pizza Monday kind of way, in a loving your whole life kind of way. In a, this workout is fun and it's okay if I take a week off kind of way. In an, I'm eating healthy and it's okay if I indulge kind of way. In a, I like myself no matter what kind of way. Yeah, you will fail. We all will. But we're not going to let that be the end. You see that? We're already making progress. So let's keep going. We are body. Start your free trial at body.com. That's B-O-D-I dot com. Hi, I'm Abby. And I'm Vanessa. And you're listening to The Real Moms of Bravo, a weekly Bravo podcast where we recap your favorite Bravo shows in 30-ish minutes or less. And we had to do a Love is Blind bonus episode. I mean, this has been one of the most addicting Netflix reality shows I think I've ever encountered. Yes, we jumped on that train and we jumped on it hard. We weren't on the immediate, started to watch it when it first came out. But once we started to hear rumblings that the show's amazing, that it's addicting, that it delivers, Abby and I binge watched this thing <laughs> so fast. I felt like we were watching three hours of Love is Fine every week to be caught up by the reunion. And boy, did it not, or I'm sorry, the fin- finale. Boy, did it not disappoint. I loved it. The finale was great. The reunion, on the other hand, we'll dive into that, was not so good. But I wasn't sure what to expect. Everyone's like, oh, Love is Blind is so good. And it's this, you know, they're dating, but they can't see one another. And they're going to propose. I'm like, this seems so ridiculous. Why would I, why would this be entertaining? And as most of America is finding out, it is ridiculously entertaining. I think it's really interesting to see that it's almost easier and more comforting to date in an environment where you can't see the person. For a lot of them, once they left the pods, it was hard dealing with the reality of like physical, not even physical appearances, but just like a physical relationship was a big hurdle for a few of them. Yeah, it was a very interesting premise. And, you know, there's a lot of dating shows out there. We've talked, Abby and I've talked about this before. We're not Bachelor Nation. We're not Bachelor fans. And we, you know, there's, I'm trying to think of what other major popular dating shows are, but Bachelor comes to mind for me. It doesn't interest me. I've, I was kind of like, when I heard the premise of the show, I was like, is it really going to be that different? Are we going to get cheesy little dates? But Netflix did a really great job of one, putting a spin on it, two, showing wide range of people, diverse cast of network of people who are looking for love, and three, they can cuss, which I never thought would be refreshing <laughs> on um, on television on a dating show. But I always got caught off guard when they started to cuss and say things. I was like, oh. and I'm like, oh, can they do that? I'm like, oh, this feels Netflix. real. And last yeah. but not least, last uh, last but not least, obviously Nick Lachey, or maybe obviously not. We have the Lacheys as hosts, which I mean, I think they're mainly there for comedic relief, but. Anyhow. They weren't even funny though. I don't they I think well, I mean funny that like relief, but well, I mean comedic yeah. relief in the sense that they're horrible and we make fun of them. I think they were just picked because it was like, oh, who's gonna do the promos for all this? We have, you know, six couples, that's 12 people. 
We can't have all of them talking because some of them aren't together. We don't want to give anything away before the show premieres. So they kind of had to think of a celebrity and it was easy to do a couple because this is about love. And I'm guessing they probably had nothing going on. The Lachey's they're like, well, we are pretty much has been. So sign us up. I thought they were a horrible uh, host of the show, host of the reunion. I mean, Andy Cohen set the bar very high, but they, there was a huge fail, I think, on the reunion piece of it. And the other thing, too, that I thought was a bit of a fail, and maybe it was just the couples that actually ended up engaged and were actually interesting, because there were several more people there. There were, quite, like, I don't know the total number, but I would say it was anywhere from, like, 12 to, like, 14 women and 12 to 14 men. It was the same number, obviously, that were kind of going through this social experiment. But my initial thoughts were on the ones that they focused on. There was diversity as far as uh, race, a little bit of diversity of age. Uh, We also then had somebody with sexual orientation who was sexually fluid on there that we're definitely going to dive into. But the only thing that I felt like was lacking was majority of these people, I would say, fall into a category of being moderately pretty much like pretty good looking. Like there was no one that, and not that it has to be somebody like ugly, but I would have loved to have seen the plus size model from the circle, like someone like her on there. Or I think it would have been interesting if there was a little bit more diversity if someone like a Barnett ended up with somebody who, you know, maybe is curvy and proud of that. And isn't someone who's going to like starve herself to meet, you know, society's ideas of what a woman should look like. I don't I just think that would have been an interesting spin on it. And maybe those women were there. We just didn't see them. But I think that was one thing that was lacking. I would have loved to have seen not everyone be kind of like have these perfect bodies and be, I think for the most part, they were all pretty good looking minus Damien. Absolutely. I, I think that's a very, very fair assessment. And I think that's definitely a room for improvement there. But I'm remembering, I think there were some of the black women who weren't selected that were a little bit curvy from remembering them in that friend's house. But again, they weren't a focal point. So it would be nice to see someone um, with a little bit more uh, curves on there as someone who's getting in their relationships and dating and making a connection with someone. I think that I, I agree with everything you're saying there. But other than that, I mean, I loved it. I thought it was great. I, I like you. I loved the diversity of the people. I thought they did a good job casting for the most part. And again, I, I do think there was a curvier um, black woman who was part of it. There probably was a, a curvier guy. There was a short guy. I think he said he was five eight, maybe five ten. Five ten wouldn't be short. He must have well, been like five eight. Mark, I mean, Mark, I think is short. If you look he is at shorter him. too. Yeah, he was pretty short. So, I mean, there it was interesting. I think you know they definitely didn't set it up where it's like a bunch of models trying to talk to one another. But I could have, I could have seen a little. I would have liked to have seen a little bit more diversity. But with that, I think we should just dive into breaking down each couple, because really that's what the the focus of the show was. So it's like one to two episodes of them getting to know one another. They're going on these different dates. One thing that we found out too is even though they would focus on like it seemed like it was just Cameron and Lauren, Damien said that actually he and Lauren were um, going on dates together until the very end. So they were still talking to other people. They just, it probably just didn't make for good TV and there wasn't a need to focus on it. I'm sure they had a ton of footage they had to trim down. But uh, the most interesting couple for me, they weren't my favorite, but I, Carlton and Diamond were really interesting to me because. Carlton really didn't do well with a lot of the other women and Diamond didn't necessarily match with some of the other men either. What did you think of those two before the main drama happened? Before the main drama, I, so Carlton to me seemed a little bit quirky, a little bit 
I don't know, kind of eccentric, if you will. And Diamond, to me, I really liked how confident she seemed. She seemed to be reassuring of herself. I, To me, they weren't my most interesting couple, but their pairing wasn't necessarily surprising to me. I mean, obviously, things go down once we get to Mexico. And the fact that these couples... I mean, we have to remind ourselves as we talk about them. They got engaged within like three, four days of talking to each other. I mean, it's it's less than a week. I thought it was like 10 days of dating or maybe it was less than that. I mean, they get married within four weeks of each other. But yeah, they date for like a couple of days and they get to go to Mexico to see each other face to face. And then they have to live in an apartment together. They're all in the same apartment complex. And all the people that they casted were based in Atlanta. That was one thing I was like, how are they all moving to the same city? They all are from Atlanta, which helps. Uh, And then they're supposed to get married. So, I mean, it is a whirlwind and a vacuum of a relationship. It's a whirlwind situation. Yeah, I to me, I wasn't too enthralled in their relationship. I thought they were interesting because I think it, one, I was really happy on the reunion to see that they didn't go down the whole like, homophobia path because I don't think Diamond was homophobic. So the big bomb Carlton drops on her after he's proposed to her. They're in Mexico. He's acting kind of weird. She's like, what's up with you? I know you, you're, you're acting different. You're pushing me away. And then they go, he like says something weird to her. He goes to the pool. This is in the evening and he's just kind of sitting there. She follows him down there and he tells her that before meeting her, he had sexual relationships with men I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think if you're bisexual, you might just happen to fall in love with a woman or a man. I think you look at, um, oh my gosh, what's her name? Uh, Derek Howe's sister. Uh, oh, Julie, Julianne Huff. Yeah, Julianne Huff, not Howe. Yeah. So she, um, you know, she's someone who's like, I'm married to a man, but I, I am still a, a bisexual person. And, but it was the way he he started it very argumentatively. I think he purposely was pushing her away before giving her this news. And honestly, before you propose to someone, I think you probably should discuss a little bit of your sexual preferences and orientation. I don't think, I mean, I don't think it's safe to just assume he's straight, but I think that's something you tell someone and talk to them about it to make sure they don't have any questions or there isn't anything that they need to know more about. Before you propose to them. Well, reality TV show or not, marriage is set on a foundation of trust. And if you're not going to reveal that information about yourself, I feel it's like, what else are you not revealing? Like, I think you would, would immediately have trust issues. I think Diamond's reaction is completely valid and completely normal. I don't think it had anything to do with her being, um, I know she got some heat for potentially people are accusing her of being homophobic or biphobic or whatever it may be. But I think that's just a normal reaction. It would be very strange, one, to be thrown into this little whirlwind romance and to think you found this perfect, perfect guy and to find out he lied to you about his past. I thought her reaction was completely, completely normal. I you would I think it's normal. I would start second guessing myself and wondering what else do I not know about this person? Do I really want to be engaged to this person? And then they have that pool fight. <laughs> and I felt like he was a bit of a jerk to her because she's like, whoa, I, I need to think about this. And it was almost like he I don't I mean he he kept saying in his head, I I I knew no one would ever love me. So it was like he's setting himself up for this to be an argument. He was very defensive from the start with it. 
but it was like, he didn't really give her the time, like proper time to like process it. And then when they later talked about it and ended with them breaking up and he threw her ring, uh, it looked like he threw it like really far away, but then on the reunion, we see he magically found it. And that was really the end of them. I thought maybe we'd see a little bit more. We might like follow diamond, follow Carlton, but that was, that was the end of them. And I, I actually thought it was made it a little bit more realistic because it's very highly unlikely that all six of these couples were going to end up married. We knew that, but also just end up staying together throughout the duration of the experiment. But um, they were actually the only ones that didn't make it to the wedding phase. Yeah. And that we know about. And I feel like too, clearly Carlton has some self-love, self-identity issues that he's got to work on. And reality TV brings out the good and bad and ugly in you. And we all saw it. I actually saw randomly Karamo from Queer Eye comment on Diamond's Instagram page as I was stalking the cast. Was it like a good comment? It was a good comment. No, he was. Yeah, he was supporting her. He's like, don't worry. He's like, he's all those issues is on him. He doesn't know who he is. You're a wonderful, strong woman. Like he was just kind of saying like you're great. You're fabulous. Like how he handled that situation was awful and he was taking it out on you. So I'll have to like, go find that comment, but I thought it was, <laughs> I thought it was sweet as I was stalking. I love Karama, so I love that he supported her. I think that's great. Yes. I think the next couple that we're going to talk about is probably the most interesting couple to me, the boring, the most boring, but also the most interesting. They were the most surprising for me. Um, for a couple of reasons. So the next couple that we're going to talk about is Kenny and Kelly, which quickly, I would actually say Cameron and Lauren seem to be the most favored to end up together. But I mean, Kenny and Kelly just seem to have this instant connection. The second they saw each other in person, they had this like friendship and bond so quickly, but they, there were a lot of like red flags throughout. And ultimately she ended up saying she could not marry him. I was so surprised by them. So as I was watching, we're all making predictions on who's going to make it down the aisle and who's actually going to get married. And I'm like, okay, Kenny, I always want to say Kenny and Kyle for some reason, but Kenny and Kelly, I'm like, they're going to make it. They're pretty boring. They're kind of, you know, there's not much to them. They seem really, really into each other. But then we start to see them unravel. There's intimacy issues. They're, he, I don't know. I was like, well, maybe they'll still get together, but when you start to see which couples are hooking up and getting <laughs> hooking up and not, you start to see, okay, who might make it or not? Not saying that relationships are founded on sex by any means, but I think in that situation, part of it. you're going to want to, I hate to use this comparison. What is it? People say test drive the car. I, I feel like such a douchebag saying that, but I feel like it's normal. You're going to want well, to see if there's a physical, yeah. intimate a, a connection with that person. Well, and, you know, a healthy marriage also involves a healthy sex life. Uh, so particularly in the, the quote, newlywed phase. So I think it's reasonable that a lot of them not worried, but, you know, experimented or, you know, tested out the physical side of their relationships. At first, I thought it was really cute that Kelly and Kenny were like, we have not gone to that point. We are still just getting to know each other face to face. We have such a good bond and foundation and we want to keep building on that before we add that layer. And I'm like, wow, that's really mature and responsible. But then as it continued, it was like they never got to that point where they were able to get physical with one another, which was a little concerning, particularly because Kenny seemed very ready and Kelly was really holding back. 
I read something interesting though. So, I mean, there was definitely some signs where Kelly was sort of saying like, I don't know if I should marry him and all this. And she seemed hesitant. And I thought that was just her kind of playing into the camera to make it a good story. I didn't really, I was kind of surprised that she ultimately said no, that she couldn't do it. Uh, her mom seemed crushed, but I later read that they both, he, he was aware as well. And their plan actually was to date after the show to continue to get to want to know each other because they did have a good foundation. And that after she said, no, it wasn't like this big, like heartbreaking thing, even though we saw him get pissed off at the cameraman, both Kenny and Kelly partied at their reception with all their friends and family. Yeah. Which I thought was interesting. Very, very interesting. And I think why I found that couple so interesting or in, sorry guys, I keep saying the word interesting found them so intriguing to me was to me, Kelly. Okay. We're going to talk about Jessica and Mark and we'll go into all the cringeworthy things about Jessica, but at least Jessica throughout the process, I felt like was a little bit more on front about her uncertainty, whether you agreed with it or not. And whether she was leading Marco along or not, she at least was a little bit more in front to me. Kelly wasn't being as forthright as I, as, as I thought she should be with Kenny. And so from a viewer's perspective, it just seemed a little bit out of nowhere, but I also thought it was, you know, interesting when they do get to the aisle, they basically have to go to the aisle regardless or not. That's when you have to make your decision, but that they had agreed to say no. Oh, which you just recapped, but also I guess he might've ghosted her when they were supposed to date. So, they were supposed to date and he kind of, she went and took another job and moved away. And he, I guess was sort of like, no, well, we're done. He is dating someone else now said he is the happiest he's ever been in a relationship. Kelly has moved. She no longer lives in Atlanta is pursuing a different, um, no, I'm sorry. It was Jessica who said she's pursuing a new type of career, but, um, Kelly has moved away. Is doing something different. She's been dating. She's trying to figure out sort of why she can't really commit to somebody, but, they are not together and he is dating someone else. I think he's a great guy. I think she's a great girl. I I hope they both find happiness. It's obviously not going to be with one another. Uh, but they were definitely, I think, one of the more real couples from my perspective. Uh, the I would say not the least real, but the ones that I just couldn't figure out what the fuck was going on with them was Damien and Gigi. One minute she's <laughs> ripping his clothes off and the next she was like, do you notice that when you say it's the best sex you've ever had, I never say it back. I was like, whoa, girl. So, I mean, these two were just a roller coaster, not really from the start. I think in the pods, they seemed like they fell in love with one another fast. But I think it's worth noting she's 25. So, uh, but yeah, Gigi has a lot of fire to her, as we found out. A lot of fire. That relationship has toxic all written all over it. She's a hot mess. And I will say, though, as and maybe because I've watched a lot of telenovelas, she was giving me a lot of that energy. But I, in her fights, I don't agree with her approach. But in her fights, she, I mean, she goes below the belt and she says the most horrible things you could say. But then she also will say, I self-sabotage. I, this is what I do. I self-sabotage. So as she's talking through these arguments, I'm like, okay, at least she's kind of owning her side of her feelings. I did feel like Damien did kind of spin things around and always kind of put the onus on her a little bit. I think there's some things he could have owned up for himself in their fights, but that trip to the altar, whoa. I mean, there are definitely some signs, you know, his family didn't want to meet her. They didn't seem to be supportive of the relationship. 
he seemed to be very annoyed with her very easily. And some of it I understand, you know, he thought she was always on her phone, which I feel like anyone who's married these days, like that is, like, I get annoyed that I feel like my husband's on his phone. Or I'm trying to talk to him. He feels like I'm always on my phone too. It's just, I think that's just a common fight that couples these days have, but he seemed very annoyed by it. I do agree. He's put a lot on her. He spent a lot on her. I think she didn't fight fair. I mean, like you said, this was toxic from the beginning. I'm like, I don't think these two are going to make it because they fight hard and yeah, they make up, but it's like, they don't, they never really would like resolve what their issue was. It was just sort of like they would fight with one another. And then it was like, okay, now we're fine. So I was more shocked that she said I do and was all in. And he was the one who said, you're not ready to marry me. I know that you don't feel the way about me that you think you do. I can't marry you. She runs away though and slips in the mud. Like what, how embarrassing she's, I mean, that is, that (laughs) scene has been memed and it will be memed for eternity. It was so, so funny. So another thing, so a lot of people have commented and I've read an article about this today, getting prepared for this episode, but a lot of, a lot of viewers were like, okay, that fight was staged. So after she goes, runs from the altar and then she comes back um, to the, the ceremony ceremony site. Thank you. The ceremony site. And she brings that chair and she goes, sit down. And they're like, that whole situation was scripted because there's no mud on her dress. Well, a producer's fighting back and is like, no, it was. They're like, that, they said that particular wedding, they said they couldn't given us three hours of footage on it. They said her mom cleaned Ooh. her dress, um, wiped her, her dress. Her mom did chase after her and said, yeah. you should have said no too. That was the first thing her, her mom said. Yeah. So they said her mom cleaned her dress, but they said they could have easily given us three hours of footage on Damien and Gigi's wedding and how crazy Ooh. it was. Yes. I honestly would have watched three hours of footage of their wedding. I mean, <laughs> They were the craziest, but they were one of the most entertaining couples. Like the next two that we're going to talk about, I honestly, of course, we had to have them on the show. But looking back, I'm like, I probably would have enjoyed it without the whole Jessica Barnett Amber love triangle. But I mean, honestly, for me, Damien and Gigi made this show so much more addicting once we got into like episode three and beyond. Oh, absolutely. And then to find out that they're now together which is I was floored. floored. That was maybe the only, only shocking thing of the world's most boring reunion ever was to find out that, you know, of the couples that didn't say I do, they are the only, they were the only ones that are now dating one another and like working on their relationship. I'm sure they will eventually break up. There's no way they get married. But it's crazy though. Cause think when the show wrapped, it's been like a year and a half. So I yeah. mean, I don't know. I mean, they're still <laughs> the fact that they're still together now, you would have thought that would have fizzled out. Much sooner. That's another crazy thing that we forgot to touch on in the beginning. So this show started filming in 2018. So they like did the whole like wedding and wrapped in 2018. And it wasn't aired until February of 2020. And so they basically had to keep it quiet for a year. And a lot of people were commenting that if you were like sleuthing on their Instagrams, and I noticed this too, on Cameron and Lauren's, if you really, really zoomed in on his Christmas picture, you could see there was a gift that said to Lauren. Oh. But like they had to be very careful not to reveal if they were together or not. Wouldn't it be so weird to be secretly married for a year and not be able to tell people? It would be so bizarre, but I think that's what I loved about the show because the couples that do end up making it, like Lauren and Cameron, you're like, at least they had a fair shot of 
trying it out and getting to know each other without the public eye. Like now they're everywhere. You see those two, they're on Ellen, they're on Watch What Happens Live. Like I just, I'm glad that they have that without that rush yeah. spotlight that you often see with couples that make that's it a good on point. The Bachelor. Maybe that's why they purposely did it. Like, all right, we're going to give it a year and also see, because if they would have done a reunion shortly after the weddings, I don't know if Gigi and Damien would have been back together or would have felt comfortable telling people they were back together. You might have also had people a bit more pissed off and would have revealed things that production probably wished they wouldn't have. So, you know, it probably was a strategic move to make them wait a year. Uh, and it, it did give some of them a fair shot. But one that we knew was never going to make it to I do was Mark and Jessica. And I'm wondering if like production like lied to him and told him like, oh, my God, we just <laughs> talked to her and she can't wait to marry you. And that's why he said I do, because. There were so many clear red flags and uh, she's talked about this and said that like she realized that she used alcohol as a coping mechanism. I think she has a little bit of a problem, but also I don't know why no one called her out on the fact that she let her dog drink her red wine. Like, this girl <laughs> is a mess. She's but, a mess. And I feel like the drinking has more to do with being on camera. Like I feel like it's yeah. probably just, I'm sure it was a coping mechanism, but I'm like, if you're never used to having cameras in your face all the time, I could see how, I mean, so many of these reality shows we love is because they end up getting drunk and saying stupid things. So I'm sure it helps you loosen up a little bit. Do you think you get drunker when you drink out of a gold cup or, I mean, why were, why was it gold barware everywhere? Um, to answer your question, yes, I would be more drunk out of a gold cup. No, okay. I mean, I, I, guess, I feel like I'd be drinking like on Game of Thrones. I'd be like, give me some more mead. I don't know. Like, well, just, maybe like, they didn't want to show how full their cups were. I But that wouldn't matter. I don't know. I, don't know. Was very I just thought it was weird. It was yeah. a thing. Uh, but Jessica and Mark, honestly, from the start had a very, it seemed like there were sparks and that they were a very strong couple. She basically told him that she knew he was kind of it for her. And then Barnett, who she was also interested in, and Barnett strung along three women on this show, one night tells Jessica that he would propose to her right now. And she feels that based on that, she should let Mark know that she might, now might not end up with him and that she's going to break his heart. Then only for Barnett to tell her, no, he didn't really mean that. He's not sure. So then she walked away from him and then had to tell Mark, like, oh, scratch what I just said. Now I want to be with you. I'm like, Mark, you weren't her first choice. Oh, if a girl yeah. was so quick to leave you, come on, Mark. And Mark, I mean, we, I, Jessica's received a lot of flack on her behavior as she should. But also I'm like, Mark, you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> like anyone who mean, would say your second choice, that to me would be the biggest red flag of all. And can all the things she said, like every, every conversation they had, like I, and I don't know how she, he didn't see the Barnett interaction, the Jessica and Barnett interaction that was at that one party where she got really, really drunk, oh, really where they're drunk. playing beer pong and stuff. I just, I'm like, you were clearly had Rose, rosy little glasses on and you wanted to see something that the rest of us did not see. It, it's very, very interesting to me. Uh, I agree. I also thought it was weird that every time after she talked to Barnett, it's like, then she was all over Mark. And he was like, one time at the beer pong thing, he's like, what's going on? What, what are you doing? Like, he was so like surprised by it. I mean, hello. She just basically like was told by Barnett, like, you're still not my choice. And then she decided to be all over Mark. I thought it was interesting though. They did originally, they were not, she was not comfortable getting physical. And he said, you know, we can wait. And then they did 
eventually become physical with one another. And they both were saying like, she was telling her friends that it was like, the sex was great. He was saying their physical connection was really strong. I'm just surprised they both felt that way. If like, clearly there was something missing. No, I mean, I, I thought she was just lying to her friends, honestly. I thought she was like, on maybe camera. just be cool. Like, I didn't want to embarrass him. Guy. I mean, she didn't want to embarrass him, even though she did in different ways. But I just, I don't know. I just felt like I just, although she was semi, seemed semi honest in the sense of her roller coaster of her emotions, I also think towards the end, especially she was playing the cameras. I mean, the wedding day, she was smiling from ear to ear. You wouldn't, I mean, we all knew that wasn't going to work out, but. <laughs> I would be it so was a anxious. Serial killer. I was like, why aren't you like, yeah, why aren't you more? Cause maybe she's just so at peace with the decision. I feel like she had made the decision a while ago. And I mean, just kind of knew that she wasn't going to marry him. I'm surprised that he ever thought it would maybe get to that. Well, and it's also kind of wild. I will say I did find it slightly surprising, especially how kind Mark was to her at the reunion that, that they hadn't seen each other since the filming of the show. So it's been like maybe like, I mean, clearly over a year, I don't know if a year and a half, but they completely cut off communication and stopped talking. And for Mark to be as kind to her as he was, is kind of surprising to me because speaks to his character. Yeah. And I also think he's 24. Maybe he realized like, uh, I probably was not as much as I thought I was. I was not ready to get married. I had a lot of life ahead of me. And then also, dude, you dodged a bullet. She is messy, crazy needs to deal with some of her shit, needs to ditch that baby voice that was so obnoxious and gave hey me a B. headache. Hey, B. Hi. Hey, oh, B. Oh, my God. Do you really, <laughs> you really feel that way? I'm like, are you honestly 34 years old? Like, at the reunion, she has to be at least 35, probably close to 36. I'm like, I cannot believe you still talk like that. Uh, I, and just the fact that she clearly was throwing herself at Barnett, too. I, If I were Mark, I would not have been as kind. So, Mark, you are a very great amazing man. We hope you find somebody, but I, uh, oh God, Barnett and Amber, here we go. I Ooh. think they were my least, my least favorite couple. I, one, I don't find Barnett to be attractive. Me neither. His hair bothered me so much. He's since fixed it. I don't know what about what, what it was about his hair, but it bothered me. And I'm sorry, any man who still just goes by his last name and that's what he prefers people to call him. I kept getting so thrown off when she met his parents, when Amber met his parents and they're like, oh, what do you th- and what was his name, Matt? Like, how did you feel about Matt? I'm like, who's Matt? Like, I still kept forgetting that his name, like, he introduced himself like, hey, I'm Barnett. And someone's like, is that your last name? Oh, it was Jessica. Is that your last name? He reminded he was- me of a lot of guys I went to high school with. <laughs> Appearance-wise, like, me. everything. Oh, yeah. He was, like, a classic, like, early 2000s, like, boy band look. Yes. He also... Reminded me of a very frat douche that's like now has like a beer gut or receiving hairline and will probably never get married. Like he just seemed like one of those people that like peaked in high school, was able to ride the wave at a state college, get into a good frat and thought that he would just coast through the rest of life. Like that to me is Barnett in a nutshell. Barnett and Amber, though, although as cringe as much as I dislike both of them. They're like fuck boys. Like she's a fuck girl. He's a fuck boy. And they're, I mean, I guess if two people are going to end up together, it better be those two. But if I ever have to hear about their sex life or how much they're banging each other or doing whatever oh they're God. doing to each Vomit. other, I'm like, oh my God, stop. She was crazy from the start. She was also like trying to like scare the other women being like, Barnett is it for me. And she was like, even like in her interview, she was like, I mean, I, if I was someone else, I'd be worried. Like, I mean, if I don't end up with Barnett, there's going to be a problem. I'm like, oh my God, you are just, she was kind of like the epitome of white trash. 
plus her like massive, I'm assuming it's Sephora credit card debt. Like I was like, okay, wow. Um, she was just a lot to take in uh, her personality. And I mean, in some ways, I guess they deserved each other. I was just shocked. I don't think Barnett was honestly ever hundred percent sold on any of the women. I think that's why he had such a hard time choosing. Um, at the very last minute, he was trying to decide if it was going to be Elsie or Amber. And he ended up going with Amber. I don't think it would have been better if he would have gone with Elsie. I think he would have just, I mean, I, I just don't think he was ready to be in a serious relationship, but I was shocked. Those two both ended up saying, I do at the reunion. They said they've had issues. They almost contacted a lawyer, a divorce lawyer, but they're working through it. I was surprised that he said yes. Considering he didn't show up. I will say that was a little twist for me. Oh, uh, yes. I forgot at, about at the that. wedding because right. yeah, he didn't show up. So I was surprised that to me, I was on the edge of my seat. I was like, oh, my God, is he going to say yes? He's going to say yes. And that did surprise me. I completely forgot that he wasn't there for a while. And she was like freaking out. And then, yeah, then he turned around and said, yes, they like partied at their reception. And she was like, oh, my God, I have a new last name. I was like, oh, God, like. They were just so cliche and so cringeworthy, but in many ways they deserve each other. I think they're both kind of immature people. So like you said, it's a fuck boy marrying a fuck girl. And who knows? They'll probably end up being married forever now. <laughs> probably. Probably. Or like have like a, they'll probably be like miserable, but they'll probably stay together. Yep. yep. Just despite us all. But the couple that made us all realize that love truly is blind. I mean, from the start. I don't want to say they were my favorites, even though they kind of are. I just think from the start, I was like, wow, these two are really going to make it. I like, love them from the beginning. I know Cameron, or, yeah, Cameron can be a, a bit much. <laughs> I mean, I feel he's like, he's, a, like he's about to have he's a, a scientist, boner. people. Like, let's keep in mind, too. Like, he probably doesn't know some of, like, he's a little socially awkward. He is about to have a boner at any given time. But, <laughs> but. Did you see the reunion, some of the pictures? Yeah, it was like for anybody that (laughs) knows Mizzou stuff, there was a picture floating around the Internet of DGB being interviewed and just hanging out. And you could see the outline of his penis and it like basically went to his knee. And there are some pictures of Damien just chilling, like sitting down and you can see like a massive bulge. And I mean, Cameron, I was like, I'm sorry, (laughs) that credit, not Damien. Damien probably has a teeny weeny, but. Cameron was sitting down and like, there's a few pictures and uh, we'll, we'll post one of them that was circulating, but like homeboy's packing some heat down there. He is. So I, I just loved, although the, as someone who's not very PDA and I don't necessarily, (laughs) I would die and break out in hives if Kyle was doing all the things that he was, but (laughs) at his core though, he loves her so much and it's just really, really sweet. He just seems very into her and, loves her and I just thought it was very sweet and Lauren I feel like is what makes that is what makes you like fall in love with that relationship because she's so real and refreshing and she has all these similar opinions that I had on other cast members and how she approached the dates and she seemed to be semi in that situation sensible and (laughs) as crazy as it sounds because she's walking through her thoughts and is like I know this is crazy and I I just really, I do really like them. And I was so, so happy that they said yes. I agree. I think she makes the relationship. I think they had the most like pure, real love. I mean, from the start, you could see there was something serious with those two. When he starts crying to her and she goes, I think I'm falling in love with you. And he goes, I love you too. I was, I mean, it's so cheesy. And my husband was like, didn't they just meet one another? But (laughs) for me watching, I was like, no, this is like, I thought it was so cute. It was so 
genuine. Like he truly cared for her. I think she truly loved him. And I agree with you. Like they showed, I mean, they were walking through all their feelings. I mean, they're a biracial couple. Her dad did not shy away from the fact that he really believes in a traditional black family and that, um, for her, you know, and even she said she was a little bit worried that like, she's never dated a white guy and this is the person she's going to end up marrying. And I think a lot of biracial couples can relate to that. I think they did a really good job of just showing the realness of what they were going through. And obviously they're everyone's favorite. I mean, they're, I would be shocked if they don't get a spinoff show. I think the only way they won't is if they don't want one. Uh, well, these two, because I've been stalking them on Instagram because I cannot get enough, follow them both. They have a YouTube channel. So that's how they're going to make their money. Oh, so they have a YouTube channel. It's called like Meet the Hamiltons or Hanging with the Hamiltons. I think that's Cameron's last name. But they have a YouTube channel that you. I don't know what episodes they have. I haven't watched. I will probably watch one out of curiosity because I'm so intrigued and love their relationship. And I would like to see them more in like their element outside of the show yes now I maybe the pda has like died them. down yeah. a little bit cameron he doesn't have to try so hard because he's already got the girl so i would love to see them in a little in their element a little bit i would i mean if they had a spinoff i would for sure watch it i they were definitely like the sweetheart couple of this show they were everyone's favorite and they're the only ones that anyone everyone's like betting on to actually end up married i wouldn't be surprised if Within 2020, there's a baby announcement. Although she did say on Kate Casey's podcast, which that episode is really good. She, um, Kate e interviewed Lauren before the finale dropped. So before we knew some of the dynamics of everything. Um, or no, I'm sorry. It was right after the finale before the reunion. But um, I, um, no, I just, what was I? I forgot where I was going with that. <laughs> but <laughs> anyway. talking about the interview and Lauren and uh, she, <laughs> I forgot to guys. It's, it's, I don't know. There was something else. I'm so, we recorded our other podcast episode <laughs> before this. And now I'm like, whoa, what was I going? This is, anyway, basically. This is classic oh, mom brain. <laughs> I know what I was. Yes, you're right. This is mom brain. If people don't believe it, this, this is a prime example. I know where I was going. She was saying on Kate's show that they are going to do a reception because not everybody was able to obviously accommodate the very tight timeline you know, I mean, they get back from Mexico and they start talking to their parents and it's like, okay, we're having a wedding in two weeks. Like it was very, very quick. Not all of her family, not all of his family from Maine was able to attend. So they are going to have a reception and like a party at some point in 2020. I just feel like they're a little bit more, I don't want to say traditional, but I could see them like waiting. And then after that, starting a family is my uh, prediction. Absolutely. Was say. absolutely. Yeah. Love them. They're so sweet. Should we spend the last couple of minutes talking about this horrendous reunion and what they should do oh next? Oh my God. I mean, all I'm going to say is, so there's a theory out there. Uh, Danny Pellegrino started this theory and I 100% am on board with it. So he said it would not be that far-fetched to think that maybe part of the reason why we had to wait so long is Netflix realized, oh shoot, we might need some sort of celebrity involved in this. And... um you know, we're going to have to go back and put somebody in and make it seem like they were involved. They picked the Lachey's just, uh, I was said Jessica, Vanessa, and obviously Nick Lachey, um, that they reshot some of the stuff. Cause it really, you know, when they were in the pods, you didn't see Nick and Jessica at all, except in the beginning, you saw them for a teensy bit in Mexico. And one of the scenes, the couples weren't even there. It was just them being shot at the pool with a 
ocean behind them saying like, and what they don't realize is that all the couples are here. Um, the moment where they met all the couples, Nick, or no, I'm sorry, it was just Vanessa. Nick couldn't be there. They were both at the um, tux and dress thing, but that was it. So, I mean, it's not that far-fetched to think that maybe they were not part of it from the beginning. I 100% buy into that theory. And also, I think, you know, we talked about this a little bit earlier, but I honestly think the reason why there was that year, year and a half gap was because they were trying to shop it and they couldn't find someone to buy the show. So they knew they had something good and they wanted to wait that long. But I just don't care for the Lachets. I think we can do without them. Maybe one of them. We don't need both. I mean, hell, I'd take Rory, that guy, the guy. That was I was like, actually like, Rory should come talk. back because he was actually guy. giving the guy, yeah, the pep talk and he was like, coaching them and like honestly providing therapy to some of these guys I think Rory would be a good one I also think it would be interesting to pick somebody um who didn't get selected at all and have like someone who's gone through it so I guess Rory would be one or a female who didn't make it and give them an opportunity or I mean like honestly I feel like anyone out there um were up for the job I know that Lucy on the ground said that her and Bill would be willing to do it that would be an amazing uh, host duo. I just, I think you look at some of the pop culture, people covering pop culture, whether it's those who are on E! News or people of various podcasts, I think they would be great at hosting it. Kate Chastain would be an amazing host. Oh, incredible. She, she would not let anybody off the hook with the reunion. I think the big miss on the reunion was that Vanessa and Nick, I think, wrote their own questions. It, and like some of it was like, oh, you got a lot of heat for this. It's like, why didn't you pull people and ask for their their questions? That's the best part about a reunion because yes. Andy isn't taking the heat. He can be like, Abby from St. Louis wants to know why you're such a drunken mess, Jessica, and why Mark ever even thought he had a chance with you. Like that would have been my question. Yes. You know, like yes, I I think that was such a missed opportunity. They should have taken a page out of Bravo's books on how to do reunion. We never got questions on Amber's finances. Yeah, they like, never talked about her Sephora bill. Yeah, yeah we no never way. talked about that, and I, to me, that was like a big deal. What else did we not talk about? There was like a couple other things that I was thinking that I was like, "Oh my god, that's like an obvious thing to talk about." Uh, it's going to bother me now that it's not coming to me. But well, Amber's finances was a big one for me. Amber's finances was a big one. They touched a lot. I mean, a, a majority—I don't say majority, but quite a big chunk of it. When you look at the fact that there were six couples there, I think uh, Carlton and diamond got majority of it i was shocked they never called carlton out on the fact that he was on real housewives of atlanta like yes. they'd be like carlton you're, you're no stranger to reality tv and maybe they didn't want to bring it light to that i just felt like that would have been an obvious thing i mean they gave jessica i guess a moment to say she self-reflected and all this but i just felt like the reunion was a big letdown honestly they could have done without it if they were going to do one to capitalize on the height and the popularity they failed miserably they need to learn how to do it i mean they could even ask about Gigi's dress that whole debacle about when she fell why wasn't it muddy like i honestly i almost think the producers like one of the producers of the show would have been a better host because <laughs> they know Ooh, the footage that really good they know the footage inside and out they know these people like i feel like they would at least are com- would be comfortable enough to like talk to them but such a missed opportunity, especially considering how much of a fan base this show has developed in such a short amount of time. There would be so many good questions that should have came from it. I mean, uh, yeah. It's, it I think I'm more mad. annoyed because I devoted so much time. I was so 
grossly addicted, staying up till midnight watching these episodes because I just couldn't stop. I mean, there were moments where I'm like, should I go to bed? Could I stay up till 1 a.m. and still wake up at 6.45? Would I, I mean, how tired will I really be? And there were moments, honestly, I was so tired the next day that I felt like they failed all of us like diehard fans. And there were, it was such a large fan base. I feel like everyone was talking about this. There are so many people saying like, okay, I caved and now I'm watching it. They just had such an opportunity and it was a big letdown. But I think given the enormous success of season one, I would be shocked if they don't do another one. Oh, I think there'll definitely be a season two. I was talking to my coworker about this today and I was like, hey, I mean, I wonder if they're going to be able to keep it under wraps if they follow that same approach where they give a couple a year. I'm like, I wonder if they're going to be able to do that. But then again, I'm like, okay, if Kylie Jenner can say she's not pregnant for a year and we find Seriously. out the day Stormy is born, I'm like, I don't know how they, why, why they couldn't do that. It's just, I think in this day and age with TV, with it being hot, they'd have to jump on it quick. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know as viewers, we're going to want to wait until 2021 for Love is Blind. Who knows? They could be filming I mean, already. A, yeah. I mean, they probably are, I think, because it got such an initial success. But I mean, ideally, they almost are at the point where these couples are already like, as we are talking right now, they're already married or not married. And then they give it I and give it some time. I do like the fact that there is, I don't know if it has to be a year, maybe six months, but some sort of like cool off period to really process what happened and think about it because then it makes those interviews a little bit more authentic. And I think that might be why Mark didn't seem so angry. He's had a year to move on. Uh, whereas like right, right after it, it would maybe would have been a little bit too fresh. Absolutely. But give I, us more. I think we'll get a sick. Yeah. Why not? I mean, honestly, so I watched the circle then this, and I really did like the circle. I think if you're looking for another kind of interesting reality show where people kind of have to go off of their gut of what they think someone's personality is. The circle is really good. It's just not a dating show. I don't know if that will get a second season, but for sure we will see a second love is blind. Oh, and hopefully we get rid of the Lachey's. Yeah. Netflix. I think we, you know what? We'll just tell Netflix we're going to do it. I think we start pitching, pitching how we're going to make it better. Pitch ourselves. (laughs) As as contestants? No, um, as hosts. As hosts. No, I for sure. I think we should do it. Let's We're, put ourselves. Let's start a movement. Real moms hosting. Love is blind too. Oh, I Hashtag love it. trending. <laughs> I love it. Well, guys, that brings us to the end of this episode. Thank you so, so much for listening. And if you want to catch on to these fun bonus episodes that Abby and I enjoy doing, please, please, please do not forget to subscribe. It really, really helps the algorithm. We say it every time. And if you haven't already, please leave us a five-star rating or written review. Those make our day. We'll always share them to our Instagram stories. And if you don't have something great to say, we always take your feedback and try to improve the show. So if you guys have any podcast suggestions or any other bonus episodes you want to see, feel free to slide into our DMs at Real Moms of Bravo on Instagram. And we will catch you all soon. Your challenge, if you choose to accept it, is this. Let's go! Let's go! Show up on day one, work out with us for 30 minutes, feel good right away. Yo! Repeat five days a week for three weeks. Three weeks? Five workouts a week. We're body, and we call that a body block. You pick the block, and you're going to love the experience. On week four, this part is really important. Take the week off. Seriously, we mean it. Rest, go on vacation, or try something new. Maybe some yoga. 
Notice you're not holding on to any tension here. Or a dance class. Get sexy with it, daddy. You do you. And then start again. Be committed to this process. Choose a new body block each month. Get a new challenge each month. Have fun every day. Avoid burnout. You're not going to quit on yourself today. This is how you reach your goals. You win? There is nothing that we can't do if we work together. Sign up for your first body block today. Visit body.com for a free trial. That's B-O-D-I dot com. Are you ready to get started?